Welcome to episode number 72 of Take Him With You for June 13th, 2010. Today we talk about the season premiere of Burn Notice and Royal Pains, uh, The Last Starfighter on Blu-ray, and more. Things are a little crazy around the Moyers' house, getting ready for Andrew's big party for graduation. And uh, we have all sorts of fun things to talk about. Plus, today our big subject is going to be making the best out of the worst. All of us have been in situations where it's been really tough or something's been thrown our way that we didn't expect. How do we make the best out of those times? How do we overcome that and go on with life? We'll talk about it. Hello, my name is Meds. And I'm Kelly. And we are the presenters of Waffle On Podcast. Now, once you've finished listening to the brilliant Taking With You podcast... What in the wide world of sports is that? It's a podcast that's spiritual, but not religious, and all about Rick's geeky life. What? Does he like geeky TV? Indeed he does. What? Like TV we like from 1960 to 1999? Indeed, and that's why he listens to us. That's what we're about. We do British TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. So come and find us. You can find us at Podbean, just type in Waffle On Podcast or iTunes. We'd be honoured if you'd join us. Thank you. Yeah, this world of podcasting is fun. We've met people from all over the world, haven't we? Yeah, someday I'm hoping we can go visit them. That would be fun to say hi to Meds and Kel and and little Isla. Isla's so cute. She is. Hey, it's time to find out what's going on around, going on at the Moyers' house. So I ordered my Father's Day gift. Yeah, I, I told you to order it. I know an iPad with a with a uh, keyboard no, and all I, the other that's stuff. That's not on it. what I told you to order. It's coming. You're joking, right? Yeah. Because I'm yeah. How it's those are expensive. <laughs> I got a thirty-eight dollar weed eater. I don't think we need a seven hundred dollar iPod. It's not an iPod. Or iPad. Get it right. Yeah. Like it, Star Trek and Star Wars. Get it right. It's it's like one of those those pads, though, that they carried around on Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, I like it. It looks just like that. And I, I know that that's really why you like it. You know, it's because when you first came out with cell phones, you were so wanting one of those ones that looked like a Star Trek communicator. And I got one eventually. You had one eventually. Yeah. yeah. A StarTac. StarTac, yeah. Was the name of it? It was it was the first small phone you had because your first cell phone looked like one of those big car phones that they used to have. That's because it was a big car phone. It was giant. You couldn't just carry it around in your. It pocket. looked like a woman's shoe. Yeah, it was about the size of a shoe, so you couldn't just put it in your pocket. Yeah, it but was it was like a really g- nice defensive mechanism in case anybody tried to mug me. There's a lot of mugging going around in Raymond. That's where we're living when you got your first cell phone. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. But you could, okay, maybe I'd whack a deer over the head. Yeah, or or if a cow started licking you too much, you could hit him. A cow licking me too much? Yeah. All right. <laughs> wow, Raymond's hopping. <laughs> yeah, I like Raymond. I'm going to actually go down to Raymond on <coughs> Friday for a um, my nephew's wedding out in a cow pasture. Wow. Yep. By the way, I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And we do the podcast, Take Him With You, that you're listening to, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. 
So. We've been married almost 24 years. Mm-hmm. Just a couple more weeks. Is it a couple more weeks? Well, by the time the podcast comes out, it'll sure. be a couple more weeks. Yeah. Sure. I've, in fact, I think the next one we're doing is uh, uh, what we've learned in 24 years of marriage. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have a little assignment I'm okay. going to give you. And I won't know what the results are until we actually do the podcast. Oh. See, this will be this, fun. This could be fun, but be nice. I'll be nice. <laughs> It'll be nice. It'll be fine. So anyway, um, around our house, what's going on? We've been getting ready for Andrew's um, graduation party. Which isn't an easy task. Oh, you put too much into it. He doesn't even care if he has a party. But I know, but then... Then women have this thing that they feel like their home is a reflection of them. So I want to make sure the home is nice. I'm and curious. I'm going to take a poll right now. Is this true universally? Because I've noticed that you really you are really concerned about what your house looks like when people come over, and I'm like, why would you be so well, concerned? Even like, if we turn the webcam on, I like the I like the yard nice too. I like it mowed and weeded and. Okay. Yeah. But you're like panicking if it's not perfect. No, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be presentable. I mean, I I want places for people to be able to sit and have it be functional and clean. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we've been doing, uh, or you've been doing a lot of that. We've been kind of attempting to help, but Actually, we're not as excited about it. You and Andrew were my heroes last night because... You not only mowed the lawn, but you put <coughs> away the hoses, and you you tried to get the grass out of the grass, if that makes sense. Yeah, we used a bag. A bag, which... It's you say so, bag, I say bag. It's been so wet that it's, was, it didn't... Say bag. bag for us. I'm not going to say because you make fun of the way I, I say I don't make it. fun of the way you say it. You just say it differently than I do. Yeah. Well, anyway... I um, beg you to say bag. So we um you you did a fairly good job on the yard last night. Sometimes Andrew will fairly mow, good job. Thanks well, a lot. Well, better than I think. It, we've been having these lawnmower issues because we bought a lawnmower a couple years ago, and the last time I tried starting it, this white fumes clouds came out of it, and the side of it spurt this black gunk. Okay. And then it wouldn't start again. Okay. And so our neighbor loaned us one, his old one. This sounds like a sick cow. And it goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. How does it go again? I already said it. All right. So anyway, it makes these really weird sounds. So it was so bad. Yes, actually, it was so bad that the neighbor came down and asked if I wanted to borrow his lawnmower. Yeah, so it's kind of embarrassing to to try to do yard work with things that that aren't working properly. But you guys did get it mowed, and it... It's looking better. I still have more waiting to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had something fun happen. Okay. I'm going to push a button here so we can actually hear it. Okay. I got given a really cool thing as a bonus from one of my clients that I work for um, doing the Martians Are Here uh-huh. podcast. He um, showed me this really cool thing by an, an artist named Jeff Wayne from the 70s. And uh, he bought me this really cool thing. Check it out years of the 19th century that human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space no one could have dreamed we were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water few men even considered the possibility of life on other planets and yet 
across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to ours regarded this earth with just the guy reading the, reading the stuff. It's I think it's Richard Slowly Burton. And surely they hmm. drew their plans against us. It's a huge musical done in with artists and musicians from the seventies called uh, the War of the Worlds. It's the War of the Worlds story put to modern music. Hmm. Fantastic. Check this out. Is that cool or what? When you say modern music, you mean 1970s yes. modern well, music. Well, that's when yeah. they made it. Uh-huh. But it has all sorts of different bands in it and stuff that you... Re- and as you go through, they narrate the story... It seems totally incredible to me now that everyone spent that evening as though it were just like any other. Cool. I don't know that this is Richard Burton. Yeah. It is, for sure. The, the classically trained Shakespearean guy. Ringing and rumbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Softened almost into melody by the distance. Yes. Does he do the intro for um, Battlestar Galactica, the original series on TV? It all no. So safe. But S- sounds that similar, was. doesn't it? But they did all sorts of really cool stuff. Like... Look at you like the little waka 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 stuff in there. I'm not sure I had to take my headphones off because it hurt my ears. It was so loud. Then they actually sing. Really progressive stuff like Yes and... Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. I like that part. Anyway, it's two hours long. A gentle rain softly on my weary eyes. So this Very is kind 70s. of in the era of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's one of the most fabulous audio experiences I've had in some time. How cool to take a, 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 a program like The War of the Worlds and then put music to it. So maybe our next audio drama will be a musical. What do you think? Maybe. We actually, our Christmas drama um, that you did a couple, you put out a couple years ago, um, it originally was a musical, and you did incorporate a little bit of music in it, but we didn't do the full, all of the songs, correct? Right. Yeah. So. But I thought this was just really cool, very modern and very cool with the, the way they brought the story that was an older story to life. And uh, anyway, Jeff Wayne is the artist. You can get it on iTunes. It's kind of spendy. I think it's a double album, obviously, because it's a couple hours long. Um. And you can get it for like 17 bucks or something like that in the U.S. Uh, but anyway, it comes with a booklet and everything about how they made it. And there's actually some stuff on YouTube you can watch, too, of some of these musicians. Just amazing. So anyway, I wanted to say thank you to Stefan for that because that was such a cool gift. Yeah, I'm hoping you'll put that on my iPod, too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think you might like it. We'll see. Isn't that awesome? Well, I can L- always, <laughs> when it's in on my iPod, I can adjust the volume where it's comfortable to my ears. So. This is cool. Right? The ship sped on, cutting down one of the tripod figures. Instantly, the others raised their heat rays and melted the Thunder Child's valiant heart. 
See, now that's really too loud for my ears, but... That's just cool. So, what other things did this voice actor do? He's not a voice actor. This the guy, they used all sorts of actors, like Shakespearean people and okay, all sorts of stuff. Okay, but what are some of the other things oh, that I, he's you're, done? You're putting I me re- on the spot. You can look it up on Google if you want. I don't uh-huh. know. I can't remember. He's classically trained and everything, and he's been in all sorts of stuff. I just recognize the voice, but I, yeah. I'm trying to put a face with it. Yeah, I, I believe. Um, yeah, let's look here. The people that... It came with a really cool... Um, PDF book? Yeah. So you can go through it and actually see the actors and stuff that played on it. It's got, I mean, it's got, it's got music and it's just fantastic. Pretty complicated music, it looks like. Oh yeah, this stuff was, uh, well, it's like progressive rock. And as much as people say progressive rock isn't hard to do, it's extremely hard to do. It's like taking classical music and using modern instruments to do it with. Plus, they phased in violins and everything else this isn't your typical acdc it's much more well i mean you can argue yeah but you can argue that acdc is actually difficult in some aspects as well because it's a different type of genre but anyway they do more than three chords well maybe four <laughs> okay but they had they just have some just amazing stuff in here i'm just I was very impressed. Anyway, thanks yeah. thanks to Stefan. I That's cool. appreciate the I, gift. I like and, the guy's voice, and, yeah. and I'll look forward to listening to it on my iPod at my own volume so yeah. it doesn't blow my ears off. Now, can I put my earphones all the way back on? Well, sure. I don't have any more surprises for you. Okay. Okay, so there you go. <coughs> I should have done that on our video. Um, you have to warn me before you do a video because I'm eating a spinach and berry smoothie. And it, and it gets stuck in my teeth. No, you're okay right now. Okay. Well, anyway, um, there's a couple of shows we like to watch during the summer hiatus of, of all of the network television goes away. And then USA and puts on some great shows. Yeah, except for we're going to be missing Monk this year. They're not going yeah, to Yeah, this year's the first year without Monk. What yeah. do we do? I don't know, because we've watched it like five summers in a row. Yeah, we have. Even when we've been on vacation, we made sure to have a hotel room where we could get Monks to watch what happens. Yeah, we Isn't like that funny? Monk. Monk was a good show. It was, but it's no longer. Tony Shaloub, is that how you say Shaloub? his name? Shaloub? I don't know how to say his name. Yeah. Anyway, he was a great actor. Good actor. Wonder what he'll be doing next. It'll be interesting to find out. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, the new season premieres have come out of Burn Notice. What do you think of Burn Notice? Um, It's okay. It's It's not my favorite show, but I watch it with you and Andrew sometimes. Burn Notice follows the exploits of a spy. A burnt spy. Named Michael Weston. That mm-hmm. um, The premise of the show is that he worked for the CIA. Something like that. And he then he got a... burned for some reason. And then he, burned means that he they basically disowned him and he, had, he has to figure out how to uh, live because people put hits out on him. And, mm-hmm. So then he goes around and he actually helps people... Um, in situations by like taking the law someone, into his own yeah. hand. When someone's bullying him, them, he figures out a way to get justice in a non-traditional way. Yes, I would say that. And then the side story, of course, well, I mean, the main story is he's trying to get unburned. And as you follow the seasons, it, it get kind of heats up. And I think this is the fourth season. I think so. You know what <coughs> I, I like Excuse about me. it? The, that he eats yogurt. 
No, my daughter likes that part. She's told me when she grows up, she's just going to have yogurt in her in the fridge. fridge, just like Michael Weston and Fiona. Yeah. Well, what I like about it is the relationship between he and his mother. They've been kind of estranged because he was always traveling the world being a spy, and she right. didn't see him for a long time. And it's been kind of sweet and how the, they've the restored their relationship. Is Cagney she, from Cagney, Cagney and Lacey. Lacey. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, if you're young, you probably don't know what Cagney and Lacey was, but it was a it was a female cop show. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Detectives? Yeah. Were they detectives? And, and yeah. And the other lady is really famous too. Tyn Daly or something like that. How do you Tyne say it? Daly. Tyne Daly. Yeah. She's the lady that you saw in Christie mm-hmm. and in all these other she's been in lawyer shows and so she's mm-hmm. just kind of a staple on TV, yeah. You know? Yeah, but anyway. But anyway, that's the mom, uh, Michael Weston's mom. I think my favorite part of the show is the relationship between the mother mother and son, how at first it didn't seem like he really wanted a lot to do with her, but now they're they're really bonding bonding again. Even if it is over weird stuff. Yeah. You know, it sounded like they had the storyline was that they had a very dysfunctional home growing up, and the dad was... uh, a mess, and and so anyway, um, he they're kind of making up for lost time now. Yeah, so now they're they're getting to be. <clears throat> but he got his mom involved in spy activity, and it's yeah. it's quite interesting. But anyway, yeah. great show. I I think it's pretty fun. There's a few parts that are adult orientated, obviously. The, but uh, yeah, the the lady that plays the lead, Fiona, Fiona, she's she's like stick skinny, but she doesn't wear a lot of clothes. Yeah, which is good that she's so. Thin because I don't know. She could be a little anorexic looking to me. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, she likes guns and explosives. And mm-hmm. and what guy doesn't like to watch a lady blow things up? I guess that's a guy thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's we, why we like those... things that blow up. And if of a lady's involved, that's even better. That's why all those movies with Angelina so I'm getting you a package of firecrackers is... this year. You want me to? No, I don't like those. Yeah, I want you to blow up slugs. I like those spinny things. You can blow up every slug you see. I like those spinny fireworks and and the spinny? fountains. Spinny fireworks. What are those things? Ground blooms. Ground blooms. And then I like um I like fountains, things that are pretty but not noisy. You like the noisy ones. Boom. I don't like the booms. <laughs> I don't like piccolo peats or any of those noisy things. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so anyway, Royal Pains has come back on too. Do you like that show? Yeah, I I actually I like that one. It's a guy that's uh, he had he ran into some political issues at a hospital in New York. So he branched out on his own. So he kind of ended up accidentally falling into a job as a concierge physician, which means like a a doctor that makes house calls to rich people. Yeah. But then on the side of that, um, he gets paid very well from those people. But then on the side, he treats poor people for free. So it's, interesting. So it's, it's an interesting show. Interesting I like USA. They're original and they do some really cool stuff. And they have uh, Law and Order criminal intent. Okay. With uh, Jeff Goldblum now, and I really like him as an actor. So. Yeah, they have um, they have some good shows on USA. Yeah, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see what else. Oh, I had to tell everybody. This is the last thing we'll talk about before we get into our the rest of the program. But um, I was at Walmart the other day and I bought myself. A, I buy a lot of Father's Day gifts for myself. Yeah, I um, I've noticed. 
What is that? <laughs> well, you guys aren't very, you know, I, I I really love you as a family. Yes, I do. But sometimes you don't put a whole lot of thought into You do sometimes. But lately, it's like, no, we. I think the problem is I'm so specific on what I want. Yes. That it's very difficult for you to come up with anything. Because you know I won't be happy if you get me like a tie or something. You know, when the kids were younger, we did a lot of homemade gifts. Yes, and I loved them. They were we, great. Now the kids don't even care about me. So No, they do care. I mean, <laughs> Andrew even called me the other day. Did you order Dad's Father's Day gift? Because he had given me some money toward it. And, yeah. I, and I said, um, well, no, but Dad ordered it. And he goes, what? And I said, well, Dad told me what he wanted, and he has it all set up on eBay, eBay to to." to order stuff so i just told him to order it so my father's day surprise was ruined but it's on its way but you were hard to well i have surprised you before when the kids made like shirts with you with hand prints yeah and then but we they're did, a little bit old to make me shirts with hand prints we, i took a picture and i did this all myself without your help i think i, I, don't I took a picture and then we um had the photo transfer thing and we um printed it out on this photo transfer thing and ironed it on a shirt yeah and, I've had fun gifts over the years for Father's Day. It's been nice. Yeah, but yeah, but I was at Walmart. Stuff. I was at Walmart, yeah. and I was looking. Th- I always go through the electronics section just to look at stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was a miracle sitting in front of me. Yeah. The Last Starfighter. Remember that show? Oh, believe me. I think it was like the first movie we watched together. Well, anyway, The Last Starfighter was bundled a DVD and Blu-ray bundled together for $15. And it's the 25th uh, special edition. And I couldn't resist. I actually had seen it before and 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 had self-control and never got it. And then the third time I saw it, I just oh, Rick, I said I got to get that. We saw that in the in the 80s when we were dating. What? It's the first movie we ever yeah, watched. Yeah, but not on Blu ray. It's not on Blu ray. So now we have it on Blu ray with this really cool special on how they made the show. Yeah. Because it really looks pretty cheesy now, but it was state of the art for the time. Well, you have to know some history behind this movie because you were a youth leader, youth pastor guy, and. And we were dating, and you wanted to take me to the J.C. Penny um, Christmas dinner dance thing party. It was party. like the it Christmas a, party at the was, Elks. Yeah, and um, you you also had youth group that night, so you conned a, a family into having youth group at their house. I and, conned a family. Well, you you sweet talked the parents to hosting youth group that night. And I, I don't brought, remember this. And you brought over a. A VHS copy, a rented copy of The Last Starfighter for the youth group to watch. Sweet. That, that was their spiritual adventure Excellent. for the night. Very good. I don't I know if it was that good after I didn't. I didn't that. realize <laughs> I had done that. That's fantastic. Yes, I remember that. I'm thinking, hmm, interesting. And we danced the night, night away. I tried. I was Baptist. I have two left feet. I don't dance well. But you did try to get me to dance. Oh, I got to hug you, though. That was fun. Yeah, I walked around tripping on the floor, and yeah. And I enjoyed looking into her eyes. Mm-hmm. Mushy. Okay. Okay, well, anyway, I got The Last Starfighter on Blu-ray for 15 bucks plus the VHS copy, which I'm giving my dad for his Father's Day present. Ah. Yeah, he'll really like that. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I just thought I would tell everybody about that. 
And your dad, do you, do you think your dad's <coughs> going to like that? I thought he was more of a Western guy. My dad, you come on now, my dad would watch Star Trek with me and stuff. Sure, he was into oh, it. okay. He'll love it. Yeah, I okay. just know. Okay. I got him a Captain Kirk Happy Father's Day card, too. Ah. Uh, I did. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get into the rest of the program for the day. I don't know if this is boring or not. By the way, we'd love to get some of your feedback. It really helps us to know if we should keep doing the show. If you like some things, if you don't like some things, we like to hear from you either way. Uh, It's rick at takehimwithyou.com is the email address. Rick at takehimwithyou.com. Miles, our cat, has just jumped through the window and is saying hello to us. Hello, Miles. Miles. What's he doing? He's looking around to get how to get down. Here he goes. Ready? Yeah, he just jumped over behind my wife and is now going to open the French doors. Probably. Miles, miles, miles. Okay, we'll be right back after this. He opened the French doors, I told you. No, that was Tess sneezing. Oh. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek Episode Analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Ah, yes, Rico has a great podcast. Okay, it's time once again for Words of Wisdom. Today we're in Genesis chapter 43 and we're talking about the life of Joseph. The famine got worse, and when they had eaten all the food that they had brought back from Egypt, their father said, Go back and get some more food. But Judah said, The man warned us most emphatically, You won't so much as see my face if you don't have your brother with you. If you're ready to release our brother to go with us, we'll go down and get you food. But if you're not ready, we aren't going. What would it be? Um, what would be the use? The man told us, "You won't so much as see my face if you don't have your brother with you." Israel said, "Why are you making life so difficult? Why did you ever tell the man you had another brother?" They said, "The man pressed us hard, asking pointed questions about our family. Is your father alive? Do you have another brother?" So we answered his questions. How did we know that he'd say, "Bring your brother here"? Judah pushed his father Israel. Let the boy go. I'll take charge of him. Let us go and be on our way. If we don't get along, we're all going to starve to death. We and you and our children too. I'll take full responsibility for his safety. It is my life that's on the line. If I don't bring him back safe and sound, I am the guilty one. I'll take all the blame. If we had gone ahead in the first place instead of procrastinating like this, we could have been there and back twice over. Their father Israel gave in. If it has to be, it has to be. But do this. 
Stuff your packs with the finest products from the land you can find and take them to the man as gifts. Some balm and honey, some spices and perfumes, some pistachios and almonds, and take plenty of money. Pay back double what was returned to your sacks. That, uh, that might have been a mistake. Take your brother and get going. Go back to the man. And may the strong God give you grace in the man's eyes so that he'll send back you, your brother, along with Benjamin. For me, nothing's left. I've lost everything. And that's that. Okay, so we'll have to learn more next week. Yeah, I, can't, I think this story is rather fascinating. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We're actually going to talk about Joseph's life today a little bit on the podcast. Okay. So there's your words of wisdom on taking with you. Well, you know, Amy and I do this podcast uh, every single week, and we try to encourage you. That's our goal. And uh, if you could think about it and pray about it, we would want to ask if you would think it would be a good idea to help support this podcast and keep it coming to you every single week. I mean, we're fairly committed to doing Obviously, we're rather committed to doing this, but it really helps if you send in 20 or $30 a month to help it keep going. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. And it's very appreciated. Yes, very much so. So if you get a chance, go over to our website, takingwithyou.com, and click on the Donate button and send us a few bucks. You know, even $10 is not, that's that's a huge amount to us because if everybody that listened, and we're, we're getting like over 4,000 downloads a month now, if we had, you know, at least, gosh, half of that giving, you know, 10 or $20 a month, it would be a huge blessing to our family. We'd be able to pay the bills and... And uh, do all of the stuff that God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. That'd be very cool of you if you would, would help us out. And uh, otherwise, um, pray for us. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear what you have to say or what you think about the podcast. Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. That's Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com is our email. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rick.Moyer or Amy.Moyer. You can always check out my video blog at uh, vi- uh, YouTube.com slash Moyer. Seven seven seven. If you want to, you can send. Well, people have sent us checks in the mail, even uh, just as a donation. It's not tax deductible, but we certainly appreciate it. To uh, Rick and Amy Moyer, nine one one Chico Lane, Aberdeen, Washington nine eight five two zero. That's nine eight five two zero. Thanks. Well, it's time once again for food for thought here on Taking with You. Today, we're talking about making the best out of the worst. see now we're going to be married for 24 years coming up on the 21st mm-hmm. and we've had uh, you've had three kids i've helped make them okay and uh <laughs> well i didn't know how to say that because i haven't had three kids even though they're mine too you you have you have had three kids i mean kind of i mean you're their father yeah well after watching <laughs> you give birth i haven't had any kids wow <laughs> actually um I was just emailing back and forth with a friend of ours that is pregnant, and uh, she was really concerned about the um, 
this is the whole birthing process. She's never had a baby, and you, you know, she was talking about all that. And uh, I wrote back and said that uh, one of the coolest things that you did to prepare yourself was just to find out massive amounts of information so that you wouldn't be afraid. I think I talked to the same same young lady, and I said, "Yeah, the the fear of the unknown can be um, combat." combated by knowledge so if you can find i mean until you have a baby you don't really know but but if you can learn as much about the process and the stages of labor and and you know that your the contractions that a woman has um those are like labor like digging a ditch when you dig a ditch you use muscles Mm -hmm. to your muscles contract to to produce work and to that's why they call it labor ah yes and um so if you look at each contraction as it's working it's it's laboring to get a job done and Mm -hmm. and if you can work with the contractions and try to relax and and not be afraid it will go a lot better well, and that this is kind of a great dovetail right into our subject for today because we're going to talk about um, taking worst-case scenarios and making them work out well. In other words, what do you do when life throws you a curveball or making the best out of a bad situation? Because I think we all go through things where we get hurt or we hurt or we come into a situation that's uncomfortable and is awkward, how do we make the best out of worse situations? Getting gain out of pain. How do you like that? I like that. That's nice. That's cheesy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But, you know, I'm a cheesy guy, so it's okay. Yeah, getting gain out I, of pain. I probably would have Chester Cheetah as my pet. I can hear you unwrapping something. So don't Sorry. unwrap. Something. Okay, all right. Just keep talking. Okay, so now we are going to talk about... Um, that whole idea um, okay. of going through rough things, but coming out on the other side better off as a result of it instead of letting it get you down. I mean, we've talked about this kind of thing on the podcast before mm-hmm. um, because our podcast is all about trying to encourage people and in, in relationships and in life to get the most out of life. I mean, I think that's really our, our goal is to talk about how God has changed our lives and helped us and um, just different ideas and techniques on uh, being... Uh, someone that overcomes life instead of life overcoming them. Mm-hmm. And in the Bible um, passages we've been reading lately about Joseph really exemplifies this because um, not only was he hurt and betrayed and sold out literally by um, people, they weren't just people, they were his family. And... Um, that would have to be, you know, pretty close to the deepest hurt of all to have people that close to you sell you out. Um, but the very next verse after it said that he was sold into slavery said, but God was with him. Well, let's set, let's set this up for everybody, because I think in order to get into this conversation, we have to kind of explain Joseph was the son um and, and of, of Jacob, uh, Jacob or Israel. That, that's right. And um, had several brothers. He had 11 <laughs> brothers. Yeah. And, well, I guess the more than 12, several then. Yeah. 12 tribes of Israel came out of those. Right. Yeah. Well, at one point, um, Joseph was very gifted and mm-hmm. he had a lot going on for him. And his dad really favored him and loved him. Mm-hmm. Even so much as to buy him extra cool clothes and all sorts of stuff. And, and Joseph kind of was 
a little more my personality. He shared everything. <laughs> and sometimes maybe he shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. Well, he came across arrogant, which I don't... He may have been a little bit, you know, when he was younger. But anyway, or, he shared... Or it could have been a lack of discernment. He was naive. Naive. <clears throat> and I understand what that's like because I've done that before and gotten in trouble as a result of it and had people abuse me as a result. Mm-hmm. So um, I understand what it's like to wear your feelings and emotions on your shoulder and want to share with everybody all these great things that you're getting, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, he had some dreams and he shared the dreams with his brothers. Yeah. And the dreams um, were like with having him be in charge of stuff and him ruling over his brothers and stuff. And he, and he, he and didn't even really... And his father bowing to yeah, him. Yeah, and so he... What? He said these dreams that he had had, and they got jealous. Mm-hmm. And long story short, they basically got a, a plan to when they uh, Joseph was out visiting his brothers, they wanted to make it. They wanted to make it look like a. Or they wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. And one of the brothers intervened and said, "Please, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him into slavery, and make it look like a uh, like he got killed. We'll take a wild animal and we'll put blood on his beautiful coat that his father made him and." And we'll uh, we'll get rid of the the past who's who we're jealous of, and they thought they'd never see him again. Well, anyway, long story short, they went to kill him. One of the brothers intervened. Um, they threw him down in a well. Um, a, a caravan came across, and they sold Joseph into slavery. Mm-hmm. And Joseph goes into slavery, and uh, everywhere he goes during his life, he gets he gets sold into slavery, and they and he's such he's so gifted and talented that they bring him up. To the mm-hmm. to places of authority within the organization of slaves, mm-hmm. and he serves and does these great things, and people really like him. And then he gets accused again during his life, and he gets knocked down and put in prison. And in the prison, he rises to the top and runs the prison for goodness' sakes, mm-hmm. all through his life. Anyway, eventually he becomes the second in command of Egypt. Mm-hmm. The, and at the time, Egypt was was the world. I mean, it was yeah. the the main thing that was in charge. Very the country. powerful. Yeah, affluent civilization well what happens is basically there's a famine in the land that joseph joseph has interpreted in a dream that the pharaoh had and joseph's brothers come to him not knowing it's him to get food yeah i mean at this time he's not a young boy anymore he's a grown man Mm -hmm. probably with a wig or shaved head or something. Well, and, he doesn't look Egyptian like a teenager anymore. Egyptian clothes and Egyptian makeup. I mean, he, he looks like an Egyptian at this point. Not, right. And not they like don't know it's him. And so he, he goes through this process with them and kind of plays around with them. And, and we know, we kind of get the idea that he's he's very hurt by what they've done to him. Doesn't oh. realize that he's ever going to run into him again. Matter of fact, it, it states at one point but that he, he turns away to cry. Yeah. To, to not just... But his own family had rejected yeah. him, and his father loved him, but his brothers rejected him and hurt him. And, and then threw his him out. own brothers come asking for food and bow down to him, and he's like, just like in the dream. They don't even know who I am. Right. Yeah, and it, and he's very hurt. Yeah. So what happens in the end with Joseph and his brothers? This is interesting. Well, we're not quite to the end. You well, want me yeah. to say to the yeah. very end? Well, yeah, because we're going to talk about making the best out of a worst situation. Well, at the very end of Genesis, which we haven't read yet, the last chapter, chapter 50, um, Joseph's brother dies. And Joseph is such a big guy, a big leader, second in command in Egypt, right under the Pharaoh, that... The Pharaoh gives him permission to take his father's body back to Canaan to be buried. And they have this big caravan of people, a bunch of really important leaders from all around the world come to this funeral. And um, 
after the funeral, they they bury um, Israel. After the funeral, the brothers all get together and they're talking and they're like, "Oh man, our now dad, the dad's gone. Our dad's gone. Is do you think Joseph is going to do us in because of us messing him over when he was younger? You know, is he going to get back at us?" He had every right to. Yeah, but Joseph got wind of this. And now you got to understand, this is decades after Mm -hmm. they originally heard him. And um, he got got wind of their talking about this, and he gathered them together, and he said, you don't understand. What you meant for harm, God has turned to good, that, that I might help save many, that many might be saved. And so he says, I will not hurt you. On the contrary, I will bless you. And I will make sure your families and you and your children will be taken care of. And so on top of him forgiving them, he went out of his way to make sure that they were blessed and taken care of. And, you know, I think, I don't think that was an overnight process for Joseph. No, it was years. It was years. And um, he had a hard life for a long time. It was like 12 years between... 12 or 13. Yeah, between the time... They sold him. I remember. He was like 17 and he was like 35. Maybe... Anyway, I can't remember right now off the top of my head. But it was a long time um, that he had a really rough life. But God um, healed him. And helped him to be able to forgive. And um, and because of that, I think, he was able to do really great things for his family. And, and for really nations, many, many countries were blessed by the wisdom he had to store with so there's, food. So there's a bigger picture here. So when we talk about bad things happening or, or being in situations, how to make the best out of them. I think Joseph was a wonderful example of he got knocked down many, many times in his life, yet he always rose to the top. So there's something to be said about circumstances. We can either play the victim card and always be down and out and everybody hates us and we're always this and that, or we can turn our situation around through the help of God, even if our situation isn't very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think we have to validate the hurt, though, and not deny it, not live in denial. Mm-hmm. Um, it said that he wept. Well, you know? I mean, okay, and what happens when something happens to us that is unexpected or is very hard or we, we're betrayed or we're hurt? The very first thing that happens is we, den- we want to deny it. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a first totally stage, normal. First stage of grief or loss. Yeah, yeah. is you you say I this isn't really happening, and we pretend. And a lot of people actually live their lives in denial and never hit anything head on or fix anything because they just don't have the ability to. They don't think they do. They don't have the ability to deal with the reality of the situation. But it's normal when we go through mm-hmm. rough times. So the first thing is to deny it. I can't believe this is happening. This can be happening to me. Right. We even yeah. say it out of our mouths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and then we go into a thing that even physically, well, I mean, physically, if you get hurt, you go into a thing called shock. At first, it happens and you go, mm-hmm. wow, did, this, I, did that did really happen to me? And then physically, our bodies go into a panic mode and we go into shock where all of a sudden we become numb to things. And it, and we can kind of get that, that tunnel Narrow effect. focus. Yeah where, yeah, where it seems like. 
it's dark all around and there's just this blurry center and yeah. they kind of close in. And that's and called on. shock. Mm-hmm. Well, that happens when things bad happen in our lives as well. Mm-hmm. We can deny it and then we'll go into a state of shock where... Uh, we we have a you know that's kind of a, a process that happens without us having anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a natural thing and, that happens. And in a way, I I think it's a God given response, and you don't want to stay there. But I think it's not bad. To, it's a, I think it's a buffer let, zone. Yeah, I think it's like okay, I I you need to kind of um, I don't want really want to use this word center because it sounds new agey or something, but I think it's God just kind of saying, okay, just rest. Well, I think it's a defensive a mode. It, 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 well, and, protection. And, and it puts you in a restful state for a little bit where you're just like, you, you can't really move, you can't really function. And usually that stage doesn't last real long, mm-hmm. but... But I've I've felt that when we've had deaths in the family, um, or when we've gone through rough stuff, yeah, different things where there's this this stage where you just kind of feel numb for a while. You yeah. you really you can't really cry, you can't laugh, you're just there. And then and then we all experience this when we go through rough times. We uh, will experience things like sadness or mm-hmm. the feelings of loss. You know, it's just basically you're feeling going through abandoned. the stages of grief. Yeah, feeling abandoned or. And what happens, though, is is many times, if we don't allow this process to go through, we stay in one of those stages, and then, then we don't we don't go on. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important for us when we when we get into a situation that's really rough, is to allow that process to go, but not stay in it. And we have some mm-hmm. great tips today that we think that Joseph probably used, mm-hmm. and uh, biblically, and that we have used. To kind of go forward. And, you know, you always have a little bit of linger in you of things when they go wrong. Yeah. I but think, that's what makes us humans, and that's our experience. You I, know? I think one of the most quoted psalms <laughs> that you ever hear is quite often quoted at a funeral. And I think this is the reason, because it, it deals with loss, is it says, now this is, I'm memorizing King James, so you might have to paraphrase for me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff that comfort me, saying, "I will that fear no evil." I says. will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Um, thou, <laughs> sorry, whose art anyway? <laughs> but anyway, basic paraphrase is: you're gonna go through times where things are dark, where things are heavy, where things are. You're feeling like you're in this valley of the shadow of death, and but the deal is that you're to walk through right. with God's not help. camp there. Not camp there, and, and be a bad place to take your RV. And you and you need to walk through that process of grief, and you need you know, but you walk through it. You don't camp. You don't yeah. deny it. You you get through it well, with I, God's help. And I think too, sometimes one of the reasons that I really encourage people to explore faith in Christ, because you know, I know a lot of our listeners. You, I mean, you may be listening right now, and you. You're, you don't claim to be a believer or anything like that, but you you, know, you enjoy the program and stuff. But one of the reasons that I would recommend becoming a believer in Christ and serving him is is for this very thing, mm-hmm. that you have someone to go through that kind of stuff with. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> for me, that has really made my life. I mean, I, I, we've bounced back several times from things that weren't our fault, but, but as a result of going through them, we could have sunk. Mm-hmm. But with Christ, he's so, so forgiving and loving, and he helps us to see things from a different perspective, and it's just so, so great. I mean, see, the normal reaction for people when they go through rough times is to, to uh, 
like you were saying during shock, you focus in on yourself, you get selfish. Mm-hmm. And you and of course I understand why because you you trying to protect yourself. It's a natural um reaction to hurt. But the problem is is it become we become very selfish when we do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the devil's tools, and I'll just be honest with you, I think that's one of the devil's tools of keeping us down is to get us to focus on ourselves because that's what he's all about. Mm-hmm. The devil doesn't want you to do God's work. He doesn't want you to be everything that God has created you to be. He wants you to be unproductive for God. And so if he can do things in your life to hurt you, that's why bad things happen, to get you off track, to get us off track so that we won't do what we were called to do. And, you know, I think that's a that's ridiculous. I, I hate the devil. I think he's a jerk. And I don't like what he does to people's lives. I don't like what he does to my life. And so as a result of that, I think we should take the bull by the horns, <laughs> take the devil by the horns, and just tell him what's up and, and knock him out of our lives because we have a choice to withdraw and be in focus on ourselves. Or we can look outwardly and say, now, how can I help people around me? Because that has been the key of you and I's success as staying okay and not getting drowned in the sea of hurt and and you know bitterness and all this other stuff because we haven't stayed focused on ourselves. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I don't think Joseph stayed focused on himself. You think about his life. If he would have stayed focused on himself and said, "Woe is me," I'm you know I can't believe my family messed me over like that. If all he would have done is concentrate that on, he would have never risen to the top everywhere he went. He had other things. He he got himself busy doing other things, serving others. Mm-hmm. And as a result of it, it brought him up above the junk that he could have stayed in and just had a pity party in a jail cell. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's so, people do that so much. I've done it. And I just know that when I focus in on my own problems and my own selfish stuff, I always am, I get depressed. I get, mm-hmm. things are, worse things happen as a result of it. And I don't overcome the circumstances. And when people do go through a stage of shock, um, don't feel bad if for a day or two you can't function when you've when you've had a great loss in your life. There, there's physical things that are going on which will make you feel numb and tired. Well, you the know, thing is, is you don't want to stay there, you know, a week or two right, later. Well, you re- I don't know if you remember, but there's this passage in Scripture where John the Baptist was cousins to Jesus. Did mm-hmm. you know that? You knew yeah. that. And when they executed John the Baptist... They came and they told Jesus what had happened. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is really interesting because I love how Jesus handles this. Because Jesus was fully man and fully God, we mm-hmm. sometimes we think he was just God and he didn't really experience what man experienced, but he did. And he, and he has. He felt the pain. And, he, the loss. and at first he was struck with the loss of his cousin. And it says that he grieved and he went out and he was by himself, and he prayed, and he grieved. Mm-hmm. The, and then just right after that, what does he do? He went out, and he preached, and he healed, and ministered. He went to, into a town, and yeah. he did good. He mm-hmm. combated. He took what the devil meant for harm mm-hmm. and turned it around and got back at the devil by doing good. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what that is really what has fueled me, is that I refuse to let the devil have a victory in my life so I'm going to go out and do good and bless people and do the work of the kingdom of God so that the devil doesn't have victory in people's lives. Mm-hmm. That and, and I think there's a therapy that happens when we do that. 
you know, you know, people will like have a punching bag in their in their garage, and they'll go out and punch the bag to get their aggressions out, or they'll go out and garden, or they'll go out and whack okay. weeds. You're talking about my gardening, aren't you? <laughs> well, I mean, but but those, those are things that people do to let out the stress. Yeah. I think this is fantastic in the in the sense of letting out the grief and letting out the anger towards loss and all this stuff by doing good for others. That is just, that's a real key. There's a therapy that happens when we focus in on helping others. Not that we, I mean, some people live in denial completely that anything bad has happened to them. And I don't like those people very much. I don't like being around them. That's called Cleopatra syndrome. How do you, how how so? Because she was the queen of denial. Oh, gosh. I was like, what are you talking about? You don't, we don't want to have Cleopatra syndrome. My wife. I'm usually the one that comes with the puns. You aren't. Oh, I'm sorry. I but I, okay, so, so what, what I was saying, I'm trying to get across there before you so <laughs> punningly got me you off said track. Some people live in denial. Some people live in denial. And these are the people that are like um, Mr. and Mrs. Positive or always trying to, you know, I mean, it's good to look for the best in things. It's good, but sometimes they deny the actual hurt. Mm-hmm. And as a result of it, they're not real. And and I totally love the glad game. If anyone's watched Pollyanna or read the book, you've you've heard about the glad game, where you always try to find something positive in a situation, and that's a a good thing. Sure. But but I think to put it in balance, you can say, yeah, it kind of is bad that I lost this, but I am thankful I have this. Right. Um. So so you're. You know, you acknowledge the fact that there was loss, but then you turn around and um, count your blessings, as the old church people would say, yeah. where you look at the things that you have still that you can be thankful for. And right. and you still have to validate, yes, there was loss. You know, if you lo- lose a child or lose a spouse or lose a parent or, or a job, or a, or job, a, a career, a, a dream, or a, yeah. you know, there is still a loss, and mm-hmm. and there will be a grieving of that loss. The thing is, is yes, this loss hurts, but yes, I have this person well, to it's, live for. It's disappointment, I think, and and the way that we that we handle disappointment is very important because it yeah. says, you know, um, what what is that part that says a, a heart? Um, I'm trying to remember a how hope disappoint a hope hope deferred makes deferred. the heart sick. You know and. And we got back to this last weekend, or Memorial Day weekend, so it's a while ago now, um, was 23 years ago that my dad died. Mm -hmm. And when you came to tell me about his accident, I comforted you and said, Rick, it's okay. It's okay. My dad's with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I didn't grieve for him. What I started grieving on later that day was your kids. Was my hope that we didn't even have our kids. We didn't yet. even have kids, but I had the most wonderful grandpa Bale, and, and you I them to I have that loved son. being with him. I loved being right. in his shop and in his garden and just being with my grandpa. Right. And I was looking forward. I had this hope that my dad would be that grandpa to right. my kids that weren't even born yet. Right. And then I started crying. Right. And I started grieving because they wouldn't that, experience what you got to that experience. That hope was disappointed and it made right. my heart sick. It made me hurt. Sure. And and that might sound funny, but I had a death of a dream that day. Right. And yeah. I was grieving the loss of that dream. Yeah. And and so sometimes you think, Well, maybe your grief isn't tangible. Maybe it's just a loss of a dream. Something's happened. You 
you can't have children and you were dreaming of having children or or you were dreaming of getting married or and and these are all things that are grievable they are they're valid losses and yet you can say yes i i hurt that that didn't happen but maybe there's a reason that god has out there that that we don't we can't see the full picture we don't see the bigger well that's like joseph didn't see the bigger picture of what was going on he would have never been the second most powerful man in egypt if he hadn't been sold into slavery yeah there was a path that he had to take and it was a painful path mm-hmm. and yet good came well, out of it and i think too we have to always remember i know for us here comes hoshi through the window now our cats <laughs> just use the window as a cat door but anyway, I, I think that um, we have to remember that in the end, truth comes out. Mm-hmm. And we see, and we will see the big picture eventually. What we need to do on this earth is have some trust and faith that God knows what he's doing with our lives. Now, that isn't easy. And you've mm-hmm. heard me. I go in and out of that. Of some, some days will be really good and I can see clearly where I'm supposed to be doing and how things are going. And other days I'll grieve the loss mm-hmm. and wonder where God is in it all. But in the end, we have a hope as as believers mm-hmm. that in the end we are going to the truth will either come out in this life sometime or and if it doesn't, it will come out in heaven. Mm-hmm. There will be I mean, people will know what really was up yeah. eventually. And in, in Joseph's life, it all came around full circle and he he could have destroyed his brothers. But he had enough going on inside of him and God had worked so much inside of his heart that he he chose to bless them instead of hurt them, which is, well, he's a good man. Do you remember, this is before we started the podcast, that we did a blog, we'd heard this story about this man, it was in a book I was reading at the time, about this man who got bit by a snake, he was out hunting with I his do. friends. and It's he in got, a book that we read. He got bit by a snake. And his response was, instead of going to the hospital and get the anti-venom so he could be healed, Mm -hmm. he took a stick and he started going through the bush trying to find that snake to kill it. And he made it his quest to go find, to hunt down the snake and kill it. All the the while, the the venom was was killing him. Well, that's one reaction. But I thought, you know, my personality wouldn't go after the snake. But I would probably sit there feeling sorry for myself and have a good ball. Right. And what? that that's not good either. Right. You don't want to do the pity party and you don't want to go after what hurt you. What you need to do is get to the hospital and get get healed. Right. And I think Joseph, the reason why I brought that up is it reminded me of Joseph. You know, it's not that he didn't get bit. He got bit. He got bit hard. But he allowed God to walk with him and to heal him. And I don't, I'm not sure that it was overnight. I think, no, it, you I think know, even when process. he saw his brothers decades later. Well, if he cried, he cried that many years it later. He still hurt, you know. And, right. and I'm not saying it's an overnight process, but he allowed God to walk with him and to take him through that process of healing. He, instead of just staying there and having a pity party or, or deciding to go the vengeance route. Yeah. He he decided to let God heal him. Yeah. Which is really cool. And help people, like yeah. you were talking about. And we one of the other things we have to remember is that our timing isn't always God's timing. And that reminds me, I should have written this down um cuz I I had written it down at one point um to know how many years it was um it says in the Bible. Um 
the the time of Joseph's um, dark days or, or hard path mm-hmm. wasn't just a couple. It was years and years yeah. and years. Which is like kind of scary in some <laughs> and, aspects. You know, I think sometimes in our culture we, we just, want everything right now. We want okay, I need to be healed today. I want it fixed now. I want to, I want all the pain to go away today and just live in denial or mm. you know, and and that's not reality. Sometimes it takes months well, or years. And I, I have a tendency, I think my problem was is that I often misinterpret timing with a lack of caring. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, like God, how come you haven't helped me through this? It's still, you know, for us, you know, I was thinking there, you know, it's a year and a half, two years after we went through a really rough situation, and why, why don't I feel way better about everything now? How come you? Where have you been? Well, it isn't that he hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. He sees a bigger picture of the whole thing, mm-hmm. and he's got grace going for not just me, but for all sorts of people, everyone. Yeah. And so there's a lot going on there, and there's really a lot of factors involved. Many of the times we don't know and we can't see what's going on. And the key that we have to do is trust that he will work it all out and and let God rise us to the top wherever we are. So mm-hmm. if, you know, at one point we were the, we were the CEO of a company and now we're a janitor mm-hmm. and we are upset with what happened, you know, perhaps we should forget about what happened and start rising to the top in our janitorial service. Being the best mop, you know, floor mopper, and the greatest toilet cleaner, and I and I say that because no matter what we're doing, we're doing things for God, mm-hmm. and um, God promises that if we will do our best, He will promote us and put us in places that we need to be. Well, I remember in our personal lives, you were a manager of a Christian radio station. You started as a program director, and then you became the general Actually, manager I started as a DJ but a that's DJ, yeah. and then the program manager and then or director mm-hmm. anyway and you worked up to being a manager after you were there for a few years mm-hmm. and and were there for 10 years mm-hmm. and when um the owner sold the radio station um we were like okay um god what's your plan now and you went from being a manager to um a director of development at a union gospel mission mm-hmm. and um, very low pay. Yeah. Very, very low pay. <laughs> and, and yet you were doing things for God. Um, and we were happy about that. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of that time, you learned a lot of skills that you're learning today. You really that I got, use today, yes. You really I would got have more never, into yeah. computers yeah. and graphic Learned how to do web design. And, you learned how to do web pages and graphic design. Honed in on my speaking skills because I preached every day at lunch. I think, I can't remember how many times you figured out one time a that lot. you preached like 100 times in 30 days or it something. A lot. And maybe it wasn't that, but no. it was like 100 times in, in <coughs> three months or something. Yeah. But it was, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot that you learned during that time. Um, and And you were being a servant to the homeless and you know well, look at that they're right in our neighborhood somebody just started up their lawnmower that's usually how it works when we do our let podcast. me cl- let me close my window as you talk okay so anyway um i guess that was just one little example of how god's been faithful in our lives that even in times that were lean um times that you know we didn't maybe look the most successful because we were doing lowly you know, jobs, we learned a lot and we grew. But you a know lot. what? Success isn't necessarily making a lot of money mm-hmm. and being in places of importance. Yeah, 
I mean, that's a success is doing. Yeah, is is be being a productive person in in God's eyes. You know, and not even that. I mean, just just being loved in God's eyes is a success to us. Mm-hmm. You and know, that's more important just, what God thinks about us. Just yesterday, I listened to the fifth chapter of Matthew called the Beatitudes, and he talked. God, well, Jesus was talking, and he was talking about what success in God's eyes, and it's totally opposite. Yeah. To um, the Western culture. so Absolutely opposite. So, you know, take a read sometime. It'll kind of blow your mind. It's we like, should talk wow. about that, actually. That would be maybe, a good podcast yeah, maybe subject. maybe we'll do that sometime. That was, it's a, because it's a challenging chapter to we'll read. We'll call it because... to be or not to be attitudes. <laughs> what do you think? Be attitudes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, we need to figure out. I can't what kind of an attitude does a bee have? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So um, we'll do that sometime. Um, I think that denial sometimes when we go through stuff, denial is really an enemy of the truth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times denial is what we want to, we want to deny things, but it really, it's, it's an enemy of the truth. And as much as truth hurts sometimes, it's better to 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 deal with what's really going on than to deny things. And I, yeah. I put down the example of my teeth. I think um, the other day, uh, you know, I noticed uh, I was brushing my teeth and I noticed there was a little spot on one of my teeth. And I thought, I really need to call a dentist and go and get taken care of. But I so do not like going to the dentist that I put it off. And we have a nice dentist. Yeah, and he's great. But I have not always had nice dentists. Well, I, went, I left it go for a few weeks. And then it started to hurt a little bit. And I thought, oh, I better call. So I called, went in, and instead of fixing my tooth, they pulled it out. Yeah. Now I don't have a tooth. That's called denial. Yeah. Uh, when I could have fixed it. A painful, it, a painful, a painful example. example. Yeah, not not fun. But that's oftentimes what we do in our lives. We will deny something that's going on for a long period of time until mm. it gets to the point where we're point in big trouble. Of rot <laughs> and destruction. And then what do we do? You know, yeah. then we feel, then we have regret and all these other things. And I think um, we can't deny that things sometimes go bad mm-hmm. and go wrong in our lives. Um, we need to face the reality and take some steps to get through them. And uh, I wrote down some things that I thought would be really interesting. You know, our happiness depends on our level of trust and faith in that God knows what he's doing in our lives. And you can't always be happy from the things that we do ourselves, but if you can trust that God is going to work through things, then even in the midst of craziness and heart heartache, you can actually be happy, which is a, is, it's really a, called joy. And that's a little bit different than happiness, but anyway, where was I? Um, the degree—I think the degree in which we let God calm our heart and help us is to the degree, to the degree that we heal faster. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, it says in the Bible, "His peace that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus." That He can give us this supernatural peace. It doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, and I'm the type of guy that wants everything to be fixed so that I can move on. And what I found through my, the Christian counseling that I went to and through Scripture is that, you know what, sometimes things don't get resolved, mm-hmm. but you need to go on anyway. Yeah. Because I can't control somebody else, and it's mm-hmm. wrong for me to try. Yeah. And when somebody doesn't do what I want them to do, even if I know that they're wrong and I'm right, it, it's not, I can't force them to do something. We're back to the serenity prayer. Except yeah, the things that you yeah. can change, you know, or... Deal with the things you can change, but accept the things that well, you can't. And here's the cool part again about being a believer in Christ. I have the ability to give that situation or that person over to God 
and release them from my hook. I used to do this example when I preached. And I would say, you know, long after someone has hurt you, you can still have them on your meat hook. Call it the meat hook. And can you imagine our bodies with a bunch of big meat hooks on them? And every time somebody hurts us or offends us or does something to us that we don't like, we get offended and we think about it. And we just hook them right onto us on that meat hook and they just hang there. Now, they have long gone on, don't even remember what they did to us. They're off doing their things in their own life. And yet they're still hanging on us and we have all this extra stuff hanging off our meat hooks. What is wonderful about a relationship with God is that you can say, God... I, I take them off my hook and I put them on yours. You're way bigger than I am. You can handle it. And I choose to forgive them and I just I just give them to you. That frees us up from walking around with all these people stuck to our meat hook. Yeah. And it, it's not always easy. I, I told you the other day I take my daughter to a babysitting job and I have to drive by on the way home um, someone that had really hurt us in a mm-hmm. leadership role. and. Mm-hmm. And I've chosen every time I drop, uh, every time I drive by to say a prayer for them. And it's not that I'm at the point where I want to be good friends with them because of the hurt we've gone through, but I pray for them. And I pray that God will put them in a place where he can bless them. And I don't know that they'll ever apologize. Probably not. Probably not. But, but I, um, you know, I can do my part and I can pray for them and wish them God's best. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and, you know, so, but that's just one step. I can take them off that meat hook. And, you mm. know, and sometimes it'll be a process where, where we'll take someone off the meat hook and then something will remind us of what we they've put them done back on. to us and we put them back on. And then we got, okay, God, I need to forgive yeah. them. I know, please, Lord, I, I release them to you. Please, um, you deal with them. You put them in a place where you can bless them. And give them to God again. And so sometimes it's a daily process when we've been recently hurt. Well, to, and I, I think that's a to key forgive. too. Prayer is another big thing. That's another reason I'm a believer because I know that I pray and God hears my prayers. And mm-hmm. it's good to talk that out with Him. Uh, here's six very quick things okay. that people can do to go on to make the best out of the worst. Mm-hmm. Number one, grieve. It's okay. But only grieve for a season. In other words, don't stay in the grief. And we've talked already Mm -hmm. about that. So that's the number one thing. Number two, do something for someone else to get the focus off of yourself. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that as well. Serve people or bless people. Random acts of kindness. Yeah. Think about pay for somebody's groceries or, or help somebody out, a neighbor in their yard or something like that. Or take somebody cookies or visit someone in the hospital. or Bring them a load of wood if they have a wood stove. Right. So on and so forth. Do something to get the focus off of ourselves. Number three, do the best you can in the situation you're in and let God sort it out. Let him rise you to the top. So wherever you find yourself in, even if you got there because of wrongdoing, even mm-hmm. if, if somebody messed you over and you're in this situation, do the best. Even if not, even if you are just in a company working and you feel like you're in the bottom rung or that people are taking advantage of you, take that moment and prosper in the place that you're at. Do your best. Work unto God instead of worrying so much about your crazy boss. Just do what you need to do and see what happens. I think God will rise us to the top if we do that. Mm-hmm. What's the next one? It says, talk with God and a trusted <coughs> friend and get it all out till it doesn't hurt as much. 
And that's really important. We didn't talk about that a lot, but it's always important. That's why the prayer is so good. You can tell God anything, even if you're mad and upset with him. You can tell him that. He's big enough. He can handle that. But it's always good to have somebody that you can, uh, a close friend or someone or a spouse or someone that you can really talk things out with so that you feel, because even, even, Years and years ago, we've we've gone through stuff, and every once in a while, we'll have a big conversation about it, and it's just getting all that poison out, just getting it out mm-hmm. and releasing it. I mean, we try, we make sure that we check each other and don't let us stay in that, but it's so important just to talk it out, because the more you talk it out, the less it stings, and the more it gets out, and just you just release it over to God and have a good friend that you can talk to about. It's really important. Mm-hmm. How about the next one? Take steps to move forward. Allow yourself to dream again. And I think that is the other thing. Joseph could have said when they offered him the position of leadership in the jail, no, that's okay, guys, because he was so concerned about himself. And I don't feel good. I don't want... But he didn't. He took the opportunities when they came. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important, even in the midst of the craziness, that we look for those opportunities because God is trying to teach us something. He's, he didn't do it to us. The devil messes us over. But God certainly gives us opportunities in the mess to learn and to grow. And if we take advantage of those, again, we make ourselves better and we take steps to moving forward. So important. And then the last one. Is if the opportunity comes to forgive, jump on it. Now, here we go. Joseph took the opportunity, even though it was hard. I'm not sure all of us get the opportunity to do this. But when we do, take the moment. If you run into somebody or something happens, like here a few months back, Somebody inadvertently sent me an email. Mm-hmm. Somebody I was not happy with that had really hurt me. Had gossiped about you. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I just took it as a sign from God that he wanted me to contact us. So I said, you want to get together? We did. Even though the meeting, after I got together with this guy, uh, the meeting was hard for me. I was able to tell him what I needed to say to him. He, I don't know really what his whole reaction to it was, but he said some things to me. And I went home feeling better that I had had that opportunity to share with him and I could forgive him. Mm-hmm. Even though I think still what he did was wrong and even though he's he wasn't cool in the meeting and everything, I still have now the ability to forgive. I jumped on that opportunity to say what I need to say and forgive him. And I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though I still don't like him much, I, my heart doesn't freak out. If I, if I ran into him, I'd say hi. But that's it. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I so guess, jump on those moments. I guess to sometimes that's the challenge. That there may be things we don't like about people, but but God commands us to love one another. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that we're always going to like everything about everyone's personality or their behavior. But you can separate the not liking with a cho- a choice to love them. Yeah, and I think that's for a whole other program. Yes, but that's what forgiveness is about, knowing that none of us so, deserve it. Right. But God freely forgives us for the yeah. wrong we've done. And so in turn, we need to forgive. And the Bible even goes as far as to say that God will not forgive us if we don't forgive, if we others. Don't forgive others. Very true. So it's so, an important thing. In the end, if we boil this whole conversation down, it would be that we all have the choice to make the best out of bad situations. Mm-hmm. It's it's the choice that we make, enabled by help from God. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the bottom line. So grieve, it's okay for a season. Do something for someone else to get the focus off yourself. Do the best you can in the situation you're in. Let God sort it out. Talk to God or a trust and a trusted friend. 
about what's going on and take steps to move forward and take the opportunity when you have to forgive. Mm -hmm. Those are the keys that we have for you today. So I hope the conversation helped. It was, it was a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for each and every person listening today. And Lord, you know all of the situations we've been involved in throughout our lives. And if there's any areas, Lord, that we need to really make the best out of a a bad situation, help us with our attitude, help us to have the tools, help us to move forward. That's our prayer. Thank you. Um, I personally, Lord, want to thank you for a relationship that I, I have with you because really I don't know what I would do without you. You have helped me check my attitude many times and given me uh, ways to to really overcome in life like I never would be able to do on my own. So thank you for that relationship. Lord, I pray that every person listening would have that opportunity to ask you to be their boss and to to really um, ask you into their heart and into their lives as, as the boss of their life. That's my prayer. And I thank you again for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool. All right. Well, coming up next week, we are going to talk about 24 years of marriage secrets to our success we have had longevity yes (laughs) live long and prosper yes so we'll be talking about that it'll be a really good podcast i think you'll really enjoy it until then have a great day don't forget to take him with you and take him with you is a moyer multimedia llc production copyright 2010 all rights reserved And I can't remember anything else to say, so have a good day. (laughs) And get a hold of us. Go to our website, takehimwithyou.com. Send us email, Twitters, whatever. You can find all that on our website. So thanks, everybody. All right, now what do we do? Um, Do you play like a closing song or something? It's playing already. It is? I don't hear it. That's because I'm going to edit it in. Oh, okay. I don't know what do we do at the end. I forgot. Go make lunch. That sounds like a good plan. I'm hungry. Okay. Have a good day. See you next week. Okay, bye. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the hosts of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of the Guild. We keep you up to date on General Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. This is Jeff from Champ Podcast. After you finish listening to this excellent podcast, I invite you to come listen to ours. My co-host Jason and myself cover open-wheel auto racing, focusing on Formula One and IndyCar. Each podcast we review the races, we talk about drivers and teams, and all the news and rumors as well. So come give us a go. We can be found at www.champpodcast.com, that's with one P, or in iTunes, search Champ Podcast. Champ Podcast, the world's fastest podcast. Rick, my brother, how art thou? I enjoy listening to your show very much, and Amy has become an integral part of the show, so keep up the good work, my friends. And I'm also pleased to hear that you enjoy listening to my little podcast, Appy Times, which is a short weekly review about cheap or free applications for the iPod Touch, the iPhone, or as us geeks like to call it, the iThingy. So come along and spend a few minutes with me waxing lyrical about these fantastic little applications. I can be found at appytimes.podbean.com or simply look for me in iTunes. 
Rick, my friend, keep up the good work. And happy times, brother. Hi, Russell. Are you like mommy? Are you doing a podcast? A podcast. Podcast. Good boy. That is pretty much the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> podcast. Anomaly. Something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. An oddity. Peculiarity. Irregularity. Inconsistency. Incongruity. A rarity. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. Costuming. And general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com. Anomaly